Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Namaste, Upper Adam. How are you going? <laughs> Namaste, Madam Chan. <laughs> I'm not referring to yoga, obviously. We're not doing a session on yoga. You <laughs> <laughs> had me worried there for a minute. I thought we were starting that a little bit early. But we will be talking about India in some extent today, okay. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do have some yoga news. Excellent. And uh, in other news, we'll be talking about Singapore, um, checking people's uh, poop for y coronavirus. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we'll also be covering uh, Mongolia. So something very, very saucy from Mongolia. Something saucy from Mongolia. Not Mongolian Other than lamb. Mongolian lamb. <laughs> Sizzly Mongolian lamb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what about you? What's uh, Ponda Ponda's? Ponda Ponda's, I want to talk a little bit about dream jobs. Ah, uh, is this where the India yoga thing comes in maybe? It does. It does have some relation back to that. But yeah, I was, I was looking at some dream jobs. I've, I've been thinking a lot about dream jobs over the like COVID sort of time at home. So have I. <laughs> yeah. And thought, you know, if, if um, you know, throw, throw caution to the wind and try whatever you can. Maybe, you know, going and becoming a yoga instructor could be one of them. <laughs> You'd be very flexible, that's for sure, <laughs> in terms of time and <laughs> form. <laughs> Maybe it's good for your health. Yeah, exactly. And in Secret Asians, or Asian-ish today, we're actually going to talk about the Marvel's movie, Eternals. So Ooh, this is, I know, the this franchise. This is big. Mm. This is really big news. That's right. So after the Avengers Endgame, what are we going to expect in 2021? It's going to be awesome, I think. I know, and look at that li lineup of stars as well it's pretty um that casting list is pretty impressive i know it's got all my favorite people in it Gemma hmm. chan angelina jolie uh -huh. kate harrington john snow yep yeah 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 <laughs> all right let's get into it all right so what's happening in the uh news of unexpected asia You want me to go first? Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, so you you mentioned there about Singapore and checking poo for coronavirus. What's this that is, whiff? This is, this is actually a legit <laughs> thing, right? So um, experts say that testing raw sewage is like based on like this particular um, strain of the virus that they can pick up from human feces. Mm. And it's um, actually, it's also a way of getting rid of the virus. So your body like excretes it oh. through your poo. Yeah. And um, anyway, so Singapore's not its, not on its own here. Like Australia actually flagged back in May that they were going to start testing um, sewage for coronavirus just to try and identify different areas of the community mm. that might have had outbreaks or different strains going on. Um, and they also want to... Um, the, one of the main reasons that Singapore's doing it is because they have quite a high population of um, low-wage migrant workers. Oh, that's why they're all like in the same room, but yeah. 12 and packed into like a two-bedroom place, Yeah, right? yeah. So for, <clears throat> so for big, excuse me, for big development projects and stuff like that, there's quite a, a lot of these kind of like setups and stuff that are almost like camps really. Mm. And um, apparently 93% of Singapore's coronavirus infections have actually come from migrant workers. Oh dear. Yeah. So anyway, what they want to do is they want to test... Um, they want to test the sewage systems and then try to identify like which dormitories may be 
you know, mm. more likely to have an outbreak of um, of the of the virus. Yeah, because the migrant workers might be a little bit too scared to say, "Hey, look, uh, I've got it." Yeah. Yeah, and then everyone else. Well, ma- yeah, maybe because like, mm. imagine like if your if your family's back home and they're dependent on your salary from what you're earning overseas, mm. you don't really want to say that you're sick and you can't turn up for work because you probably won't get paid. But then there's a public health issue where you'll be infecting everyone else and more and more people, and it's not contained. Yeah. So out comes the poo test. Oh, this is a double-edged sword issue, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, the um, the the people that were were instigating this in Singapore said that we can notify doctors and hospitals and say that there might be an outbreak coming. But trying to find the individual with the coronavirus is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. <laughs> Well, I hope the strains are not transferable in water to other fish specimens. Oh, that'd just be bad, wouldn't it? Oh, it's horrendous. (laughs) Anyway, what news have you got for us? Well, we're going to go to Mongolia because we haven't actually done anything in Mongolia. Yeah, we should do more content. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, in the news this week, uh, apparently Trump Jr. and his son went over to Mongolia and they were bad because they (laughs) hunted for a rare endangered sheep over in Mongolia. Yeah. And wasted apparently a hundred and ten thousand US dollars, so taxpayers' money, and this is to do with the security services who had to accompany them over there. Oh man. I know. So really, really contentious at the moment. Uh, so this was covered like last year as well and Uh it's been covered again today actually when I was researching. So they went over in August. 2019 and um, Trump Jr. is also quite renowned in Canada for hunting sheep over there too. So uh-huh. he's got a bit of Why, a sheep fetish. Like, they can't get away very quickly? Or? <laughs> I don't know. But the particular one that they hunted for in Mongolia, which is the Argali sheep. So, you know, I, I don't know if you can imagine, like, you know, uh, when you see these movies and they have this sheep skull hanging on the wall and it's yeah. this magnificent um, yeah. horns. Like, like the twisted, twisted rounds. Yeah. That's yeah. what an Argali sheep is like. And w- what's the sport in hunting them? Like, I'm, I can't imagine they're particularly quick or anything like that it's just to get one of the largest so they probably wouldn't run as fast i don't think right yeah and um they are hunted down for their horns and as well for chinese medicine but i don't know what trump jr and his son was doing maybe they just felt they felt inspired after watching this Mongolian heavy metal band called the Who Band. The Who Who? The, the, the Who Who. Because <laughs> after I watched their uh, YouTube video, which is like got 33 million viewers on their one of their songs called like uh, Wolf what? Totem. Yeah, so these, it's this band. So there's like three or four of them, and uh-huh. they're dressed in sort of modern, um, modern yet classic Mongolian uh, nomadic gear right kind of look like they're going they're wearing armor at the same time and their uh-huh. hair is like all punked up they're, they're like the metallica of mongolia right so yeah. i'm seeing like lots of leather and yes. like kind of like big you know like helmets and stuff and like shoulder pads and chest kind of plates like an and... asian hell's angel game. right okay yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. in the, one of their movies they've got these all these guys on Harley Davidson rolling down the, the the terrain and they got horses as well. So I felt uh-huh. like, wow, you know, after watching that, I really felt like going out there <laughs> on a horse to go and chase some sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and what? tell me what this song sounds like. It sounds like, well, it's a mix of heavy metal, as we know, um, Metallica. So yep. like, you know, head-banging stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and also a traditional uh, Mongolian fiddle, which which sounds actually like a horse. Okay. Because a few times I listen to them like, whoa, that really sounds like a horse neighing in the background. Yeah. But yeah. And then they also do what's called a deep throat singing, which is uh-huh. um, 
I'm not even going to try and impersonate, but you go, yep. you have to check it out on YouTube. But it's 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 really it's really tough. So it's that real sort of throaty, yeah. like deep. Rah, rah, rah. Rah, yeah, 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 literally like that. <laughs> kind of suits heavy metal, I guess. Like it's that kind of same genre, right? That's why they're so popular. Their song went viral. Like they have a few, and then this particular one, 33 million viewers. And I bet you maybe Trump Jr. had a look at it too. And hey, that's it. We're going to Mongolia. We're going to Mongolia, and we're yeah. gonna hunt some, you know, sheep down. Yeah, that'll. Do just like get us even more psyched to just listen to some Mongolian heavy metal. <laughs> That's right. So I don't know where Trump Jr. and his son's going to go next because... Like... <laughs> you can just imagine them driving around like the terrain in this like ute pumping out this like Mongolian heavy metal with like... <laughs> You know, leather jackets on and stuff like that. Let's go hunt some sheep. <laughs> and a traditional Mongolian instrument. <laughs> some as dude well. in the back playing the Mongolian horse fiddle or whatever you call <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. So I kind of fear for New Zealand. Um, hide your baby lambs because the Trumps are coming to for your golden fleece. <laughs> 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 Apparently, you can grab them by the horn. Yeah. <laughs> happening in Korea and McDonald's. Oh yeah, so this is um this is some interesting news as well. So um McDonald's have actually done really well in Korea out of yeah. this COVID crisis. So their um their sales revenues up by 9% over the four, first 4 months of this year. Due to takeaways I'm guessing. And pro- probably, but um McDonald's in Korea is is becoming really popular and there's a couple of things that they've done there very well I think that we could all learn from. Wow, well, so a- apparently it's um it's only the fourth market in the world to have tested this new um, McDonald's initiative called the Best Burger Initiative. Cool, that sounds really awesome. So, so they best tried burger. it. In, yeah, so they tried it as Best Burger Initiative. So they tried it in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and so, uh, South Korea is the first market that they're assessing it in Asia. But basically, they're changing everything from like how they prepare the burgers, mm. um, the hygiene processes, mm. um, the cooking routines, the equipment that they use. All of that stuff has actually been completely revamped. And this is this is not like a new thing. It's like being a a couple of years in the coming. Anyway, um, apparently Korean um, customers have a highly sophisticated burger palette. And so if there's any change in the flavor, they'll be first to like notice it and to raise like concern. Okay. Um, but apparently it's gone down really well. So um, these like tastier burgers have become really popular. And I also found out some interesting stuff about McDonald's. So a lot of the stuff they do um, is obviously around like customer centered design and mm. service and everything like that. And they found that in Korea, they they had a really hard time like competing for real estate in the city, like with the domestic companies there, like Lotte and some of the big like real estate owners. Yeah. So what they did is they thought well, we can do, nobody can touch us when it comes to customer service. So mm. we'll, we'll do just outside the cities and we'll do drive throughs and we can nail a drive through. We've got those processes mm. and timings and stuff down pat. So we can do that better than anyone else in the world. And that's one of their secrets to, to succeeding in Korea. But apparently um, McDonald's has about 400,000 customers a day. That's in Korea. All in Korea. Up. In Korea. Wow, that's a four, lot. 400,000 a day and over 200 million customers um, across the year in over 400 stores. It is increasing each year because there's new technology yeah. for logistics of, and everything else. Yeah, of, else. Course, of course. So that's it's a hugely popular Western business that's done very well in, in Asia. Yeah, that and KFC. Uh, I think the Asian KFC, yeah. like chicken more so. Than yeah, some and the Southeast Asia and stuff as well. Like um, I remember Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur, like KFC was really popular. Yeah, it's something about the Asian KFC crispy skin. It is just much crispier because yeah. they put chili in it. So there's a bit more of a you know flavor, a kick to it. And it just can't compare You're to making me hungry. Oh, I'm sorry. We haven't finished this episode yet. We, we, okay, let's keep going then. All right, okay. <laughs> 
so you've been telling me today, uh, you've been pondering a lot about your dream job, right? Yeah, well, like everyone's been at home a lot, right, for the last couple of months, right? So maybe it's a, a chance to, th to re-sort of think about your dream job or what you'd love to do if there was no, you know, no negative um, connotations attached Early to that. Early retirement, thank you. <laughs> sure, but like, you know, um, I just thought of another one, like imagine being a beanbag tester. So you like had to test the comfiness of beanbags. I was just thinking people lounging around at home, lounge testing, beanbag testing. That could be a quite a unique kind of job. But apparently, um, some of the most popular dream jobs. Um, there's a there's some research I did online. I found there's one. The most popular dream job is an unexploded ordnance technician. What is that? Which is it's basically a person that just blows stuff up. So I guess <laughs> I guess they work for like mining companies or things like that. And when they're doing excavations, they basically figure out where to put the dynamite to blow up the most amount of, of rock. So that that was the number one. Um, Do you know what dream three, job? Three of my mates did that after they finished uh, high school. Uh-huh. Yeah, they... they like um, as a proper job. As a proper job. So one of the guys was actually a, a geologist. So he actually went to uni and, and, you know, done the course and got in a company. And so he was looking after the project and said, hey, I need I need three guys who's going to come around with know me how and to blow, blow stuff, stuff up. up. Yeah. And because they were mates from high school and they're like, yeah, we'll come for the ride. So, Sounds pretty good. So you get the scientists, the geologists, and then you get this three risk-taking... <laughs> oh, they're the dudes that actually plant the stuff. So the the smart guys are in the control box That's with true. the with the um what is it like the big pump thing that you like you see like on the um <laughs> cartoons. That's right. Yeah, when they like pump the thing and the TNT like goes yep, off. Yeah, he's the one yeah. that graphs everything, makes sure you know surveyors right. That's the right location. Yeah. Without blowing up any of the minerals, valuable minerals or yeah, okay. um, yeah diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently another one was uh, an ethical hacker. What's an ethical hacker? I don't think hacking is ever ethical. Well, so it's a it's an intentional sort of role. So the ethical hackers are employed by governments and companies mm -hmm. to try and like break down their own systems, like to test oh, that everything's okay. And so they they do it for good reasons, and they're paid well for that, not just because they're okay. So they don't, they don't break, hack other people; they hack their own. They're trying to try hack and, their own thing okay. to try and find the faults in it. Um, another one was a Hollywood stunt person. Oh, okay. Who would want to be a Hollywood stunt person? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> and then I was thinking about other ones like comedian, magician, and then um, yoga instructor. <laughs> Namaste. Of all things. <laughs> so yoga instructor. So according to the South China Morning Post, um, <laughs> a lot of people have a dream to be a yoga instructor in I Bali. I think about it as well. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I was in Bali. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so yoga. like go out on a holiday and like, oh, I might just stay five here. Day and yoga like, retreat. Yeah, five day yoga <laughs> retreat. Oh, maybe I'll just stay out here and I'll start up my own yoga studio and like I'll live like the ultimate like peaceful life the and I'll have no wants. So and serene. All this sort of stuff. So Bali is the, the, the yoga capital of the world. And apparently there's over 600 academy, academies in Bali training yoga and for yoga instructors. <laughs> so possibly. So before the pandemic, you know, wellness travel generated over 639 million US a year wow. in revenue. And it was, it was growing at six and a half percent a year, which is like double the rate of normal um, tourism. Yeah. And Asia was a big beneficiary of this, as you can imagine. And that was growing around 30, 33% over the last couple of years. But... Um, unfortunately, a lot of yoga instructors in Bali are finding it a little bit hard at the moment and either having to work for free or just to try and keep a roof over their head. Yeah. Um, and I, them. and I found like the different rates and stuff as well. So like if you're a yoga instructor in the U S mm. the rates about 35 us dollars, um, for about an hour to an hour and a half for a, for a full session. 
and that's not including any of your travel time or anything like that. In Australia, the average rate is um, $30 US an mm. hour. Um, and in Bali, um, where the cost of living for a foreigner is about 50 US dollars a day, then yoga instructors only earn $20 per class. So you'd have That's to do... a lot. Yeah, you'd have to do several classes in a day. And um, most of the people are there just working for food or just to, for free board or for a place to, to stay. Oh, that sounds So yeah, so sorry to crush your dream um, job predictions. Maybe... Maybe tourism maybe, job is not so good at the moment. Maybe you want to go for like the um, the <laughs> ordinance technician as opposed to the to the the yoga instructor in Bali. As long as all the borders are open, right? <laughs> or if not, we'll just blow them up, right? That's right. Well, when you told me that um, you were doing this for Ponda Pondas, I thought, well, actually, I would love to be an astronaut. But it's okay. very difficult to be an astronaut. So I'm traditionally, sure. uh, you have to come from the military, so usually Air Force, right? Okay. Yeah, and you have to have a master's in some sort of STEM, uh, so biology or medicine or engineering, uh, as well as obviously a lot of flight time, knowing how to um, you know, get used to all yeah. the gravity and all the thrust and all that stuff um so like this is physical training physical training as well as mental training okay yeah as yep. well because like not know, to freak out when some shit starts going down yeah and you're in a very cramped space as well yeah yeah and so when they first started they also had to select people who were under five feet 11 so that's shorter than 180 centimeters because you had to fit into oh. the you know the, into uh, the capsule capsules exactly yeah so there was a height restriction as well Anyway, so tough. I know, but recently, as you've heard, like NASA is preparing for all these wonderful expeditions to the moon and eventually to yeah. uh, Mars. And yeah. so they've got an expedition for 2024 where they want to send the first man and woman to the moon so they could step on the moon again. Like this is NASA's doing this. This yeah. is in addition to like the Elon Musk, like. Yeah, Elon Musk is like, I think he's explorer, so he's a, yeah. like a commercialized one. Yeah. So this is NASA, they have their own program called Orion. Okay, yeah. and how are they going to run this? Like by a lotto or something like that? Like how do you become one of the first men or women to well, walk on the moon? Well, Adam, I'm just going to say you and I, we, have, we don't have a chance. First of all, you have to be a US citizen. Hmm. I know. Second, you have to have a master's degree in a STEM field, which is engineering, biological science. Oh, I know mathematics or computer science. Yeah. And then you have to have at least two years of related professional experience obtained after degree completion or at least 1,000 hours pilot in command time on a jet aircraft. Oh, man. So in other words, you have to have 20-20 vision as well. Yeah. Which I don't have. No, I don't have that either. So that, that, that's three things we don't, four things we don't pass. Yeah. And then the last one is be able to pass a NASA long duration flight astronaut physical. Okay. So what that actually means. Even the name of it is quite long. <laughs> Imagine how long the physical takes. It's, it's pretty much their training course. Yeah. <laughs> the NASA training course. So what they do is they invite people to come in, uh, or once you're selected, obviously, and you have to learn basic astronaut skills like spacewalking, mm -hmm. um, operating the space station. Does moonwalking count? Oh, yeah, it does. If you got <laughs> Can you skills. get credits for that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, controlling a robotic arm. I mean, yeah, that'd be yeah. kind of fun. I, yeah. could, I could control a robotic arm to go and get me a beer. All those days wasted on a Commodore 64 <laughs> that I could apply to like controlling a robotic arm. <laughs> exactly. And you've got to be able to fly a T-38 jet plane. So I didn't have time to research what that is, but I'm assuming yeah. you got to learn how to fly, in other words. Okay. Yeah, so those are some pretty hardcore uh, criteria, which I think you and I have absolutely no chance. Yeah. 
Let's go back to the yoga or something, I exactly. guess. Exactly. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll go back to Earth and uh, look at the best job in the world. So I met this lady one time and she uh, used to work for the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority. And she's, she was, I don't think she was a caretaker, but, but I could be wrong. But she A said, ranger or something? A ran yeah, I think she was yeah. a ranger. And she yeah. said... Her job was fantastic. She just island hopped all over Great Barrier Reef just to check in on marine life, to check in on the locals there, to check in on bushland. Oh, wow. oh my God. It felt, it was awesome. So she was in a full-time paid island hopper. I know. And then when I met her, which was in a, a city uh, situation where she found a new job, yeah, she fish, looked a little bit like depressed. Fish out of water. Totally, yeah. totally. She was there's potential for us to do a job like that instead Reminds of being an astronaut. Reminds me a little bit of that. Um, there was a campaign a few years ago, wasn't there? The best jobs in the world yeah. campaign that Tourism Australia did. That's right. And like one of the jobs was to do that, like the national park. Be the caretaker um, ranger, of the island. Yeah, caretaker or something on yeah. one of the islands. And the UK guy, uh, he won it. Uh, ben Southall. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So Good memory. Well, <clears throat> I've got my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty cool job. Yeah, so, awesome. So going from flying to islands and dreaming about the wonderful world, I thought uh -huh. today for secret Asian, Asian. What's the password? Captain Bagrat, come in. We could cover the amazing Marvel movie called Eternals that's coming out in 2021. Oh, I can't wait for this. Oh my God. Did you watch all the uh, Avengers? I did. Yeah. I got about halfway through all the user reviews and then I was like, oh wow, there's so much content to watch. <laughs> need to put aside a whole evening for this. I know. So um, this new film takes place after the events of Avengers End War in which the Eternals uh, who have been hiding for, for like, you know, thousands of years, they say up to 7,000 years, they finally reunite to come and protect Earth from the enemies, the Deviants. Right, okay. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting because the cast, they've all been announced. They are such a diverse mix. Yeah? Yeah. So they've gone through their racial diversity checkbox and oh, they've ticked yeah. off. Oh, yeah. It's a huge um, like contribution. Who, who are we talking here? So we're talking about Angelina Jolie, my favorite, Selma Hayek, another favorite of mine, yeah. and uh, Gemma Chan. She's, she's just beautiful from... Um, uh, crazy Rich Asians, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Kit Harrington, Jon Snow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so there's actually quite a majority of Asian, American, African American, uh, and English or yeah. UK Scottish stars. So yeah, okay. I think this is going to be a fantastic blend. Yeah, wow. And when when, when does all this kick off? Um, so they, I think they stopped filming. So I guess all the producers and editors are now uh, in, in their studio trying to mesh everything up. Yeah. So we should be expecting it to release around 12th of February, 2021. Okay. Yeah. So just over a year. A year, Just exactly. under a year, yeah. Yeah. So is it, is it, actually, can I give you a fast five? Five. Yep. So Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, so they were the ones who came up with Marvel Comics and came up with all these fantastic characters such as, you know, Captain America, Hulk, yep. Iron Man. Uh, and so all their all their comics are quite relevant to what we have to talk about diversity and Asians, Asian-ish. Because uh -huh. when um, Lee was Stan Lee, yeah. well, first of all, Stan Lee, <laughs> that's the first fact. Like it, Stan Lee. <laughs> Stan Lee. He's yeah. got an Asian surname, L-E-E. -E. <laughs> so Stan Lee who was actually born Stanley Martin Lieber. So he's got a Romanian uh, Jewish background. 
Really? Yeah. So that's his actual name. But when he had to uh, draw his first uh, comic story, which is Captain America, he decided to use a pen name, Stan Lee, and that has stuck since then. Say what? Wow, there you go. Yeah. Fact number two. Uh-huh. Did you know that Stan Lee was inscripted to the U.S. Army in 1942 for World War II? Booyah! No way. Yeah way. What did he do? So he started off in the Signal Corps area, you know, uh, fixing communication towers and stuff like that. Yeah. And then yeah. later he got put into the uh, training film division, which was what he loved doing best. So he got to write scripts. He got to right. uh, draw cartoons. And in his division, he was with the famous writers... Theodore Giselle, famous for Dr. Zeus. No way. And Charles Adams, the creator of the Adams Family. Say what? Wow. So some real talent in there. Because they, they used to make a lot of like movies and stuff for like getting funding and like kind of showing what happens behind, you know, behind the scenes and all that sort of stuff. That's right. So, you know, who would have thought that three of the most talented um, directors and creative talents could have been hanging out that. together during war. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> I know. And, and any other facts? Yes, last one, third fact. His wife is his barber. He's never gone to a real barber, <laughs> so she cuts his hair and everything else. That's a gay man. That's, that's I know. <laughs> and he, she was also his advisor, which I think changed the course of time. Because when he was given the opportunity to come up with a new team of American uh, comic superheroes, uh-huh. she, because back in the old days, all the superheroes were like really perfect. They had, you know, the best persona you want to have yeah. but she said hey look you know why don't you go with your gut feeling and it's just create a new team of superheroes that are flawed humans so uh, yeah so yeah. a change from being you know always perfect being you know yeah. you're really pristine uh, so that's how we have hulk who has anger management yeah issues. yeah <laughs> You know, Captain America, who had like image issue that he's, you know, obviously a skinny uh, little yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> says America. So pretty much from there, he put human characteristics into these superheroes. Wow, how cool is that? And that came from his wife. That came from his wife. His wife nudged him, go, no, follow your gut. Just While go she was cutting it. his hair, yeah. it's like, hey, sweetheart, have you thought about this? <laughs> or maybe a character that cuts someone's hair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I missed a bit and he quite slightly deformed before you go off with your anger management issues. <laughs> I got yeah. an idea for you. <laughs> yeah. And the other great thing about Lee, Lee is that because he came from um, an Austrian, uh, well, actually, sorry, my bad. Uh, Ju- Jewish something. Jewish, yeah, Jewish yeah. background. And also his uh, co-founder, Jack Kirby, came from an Austrian um, Jewish background as well. So I guess what they went through and, and saw in yeah. World War II really affected how they saw the world. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's why a lot of their stories and comic books um, Talk about, you know, the real world. Talk about how to deal with racism and bigotry. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, Overcoming it's, adversity, mm, all that stuff. Yeah. And just talking about how not to be intolerant. You know, the, the, the X-Men, it's all about mutants and people not accepting mutants. Yeah. And, you know, I can see the connection there. Yeah, some ethical themes like running through there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, wow. That's really cool. <laughs> and also... Uh, Eternals will feature the first ever LGBTQ superhero. What? Yep. There's going to wow. be some romance and kissing between two guys. Wow. A bit of Spoiler bromance. Alert, sorry. 
Uh, you what? Spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about this. Yeah, so there's gonna, it's going to feature the first gay couple in it with a child. And it's been actually receiving a lot of controversy. Um, so people think it's actually trying to drive like an agenda. Um, wow. But I don't know. I think the, it represents the modern world where there are families out there, not just gay guys, but yeah. lesbians as well who are yeah. raising kids. Yeah. And that's a heroic sort of trait in itself, you know, exactly. like in a non-traditional family. Yeah, and celebrating diversity. Yeah, awesome. I know. Wow. Go Stanley. Thank you for charging, you know, the way. Yeah, leading the way through, you know, through comics. Absolutely. Through animation. <laughs> yeah, so talking about uh, Avengers coming out uh, in 2021, I've got some good news for you, Opera Adam. Oh, yeah? yeah. Tell me. So, uh, Captain Bagrat is now being funded and supported by the city of Sydney. No way. Yeah, awesome. Way. Yeah. How good's that? That's awesome. So, we can continue recording for another year and talk yeah. about all these wonderful things about diversity. Uh-huh. Yeah. And being yeah. Asian, Asian-ish. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really good news. I know. So, we've got a job. Until 2021. <laughs> so we don't have to think about, you know, other dream jobs for now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Put aside the astronaut. <laughs> nice work, bag rat. Awesome, bag rat. That's a great <laughs> end. <laughs> bag rat out. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid. <laughs>